Hello, it is Friday. That means bring it in with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic. The silly season has officially begun, and it's sillier than normal. <laughs> silly season is so right, because that's that's how I felt yesterday. I was like, uh, and of course, we're going to get to the major, major news that literally broke everybody's phone, broke the internet. Everyone was going crazy. The Woj tweet comes out. Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets requests a trade. Everyone's phones start going nuts. And then people like you and I, not only do we get the ESPN alert, then the people we talk to in and around the league, then text messages start flying back and forth in that regard, right? And then it's just like, holy hell, I just need to breathe for a second and we'll let it all digest and we'll get back to it. But I wanted to start our discussion about Durant, about free agency, about what teams do right now to build a team around the concept of leadership. And David, you have a very specific way you define leadership. People who are familiar with True Hoop on this podcast have heard it before, but I really want you to get into it and talk about leadership and what you think it means and what it means when we're talking about teams and team building. Yeah, so generally, I, I mean, I, I started defining this, oh, you know, gosh, maybe around the turn of the century or maybe even before that, maybe uh, maybe late 90s. Uh, so I just did it as uh, leadership is breathing spirit into the hearts and minds of others. And so there's lots of things that we can vary off into, but, but I know we want to talk about Kevin Durant and team building. And I was talking to someone this morning. I talked to a few people about this morning. Uh, if, you think of, if you think of an NBA season, you're, you, I think you're going to like this metaphor a lot because you know this so well. If you think of the, um, a team's journey, is almost like a cruise ship. Uh, it, there's a lot of stuff going on. It has a chance to be a lot of fun, probably will be, but there are times where there's a storm of brewing and the, le the leaders know, okay, I've got to set an example or I've got to help guide people through this storm. Maybe I'm the most knowledgeable person in navigating around a storm. So let me be vocal that way. But you know what? If the, if the boat's taken on water, well, we all just need to get a pail and get the water out. Like, that may be all that's needed. What we don't need is someone telling a bunch of people what's going on and not really be accurate. Or, I'm out of here. I'm jumping on this rowboat. I'm getting to shore myself. We see this kind of thing happen in the NBA where people just bail. Where people just act as if they know what's going on and how to fix it. But they're not really grabbing a pail and going to work, or they're not exciting their, their, their teammates to do what's necessary to get through this storm, and they're included in that. And I feel like the best leaders, uh, uh, we have many examples, but with Curry more recently, I believe we've written about this and talked about this when Durant and Draymond Green had their issues, Gerard, mm -hmm. I believe it was Steph Curry that mm -hmm. went to each of their homes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay? When, um, you know, Miami yesterday apparently sent a contingent mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. employees, teams, players, and staff to Yadonis Haslam's house mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to see if he'd be willing to take an extra couple million to be a player for his 20th season. Why? Because a storm's coming. A storm always comes to an NBA team, and they want that dude helping to navigate through. I, I don't think Kevin Durant yet has that ability to be the person to help guide them through that storm. Steph Curry does. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and other guys, too. Maybe, maybe Jimmy Butler does. Maybe, I, we don't really know. He's not won a championship. By the way, you don't have to win a championship to know that you have it. I just want I I, I, I to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think, I think it helps. With, experience is experience. You know what to do because you've done it already. But you don't. Like, I haven't, well, I have had cancer, but I haven't had the kind of cancer that made me do any radiation treatments or chemotherapy to know that I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to win a championship to know I can't do certain things or certain things I have to do. But it definitely does help. Experience does matter. And the, the, I don't want to not ex address this too, Gerard. Uh, you were right there. So I want to get your opinion on this. Think about where Brooklyn was let's call it three years ago, mm -hmm. when they had Jared Allen on their team mm -hmm. and Kenny Atkins as their head coach. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. 
Everyone was rowing in the right direction. You might have been, you might have been missing the Olympic rower, mm-hmm. but everyone else was pretty good. But who knows who might have developed into one? And then they said, oh, no, no, we're going we're gonna to trade it in for something real shiny over there. And look what it got them. And that's where I, when I think of free agency, not just specific to Brooklyn and, and Kevin Durant, I think we forget sometimes that if you're building a team to win a championship, it's not just about how you spend your money and who you bring in. Who are they like? What are they like? How, how do they lead? How do they follow? One of my favorite things about Steph Curry was his willingness to follow Kevin Durant whenever Durant decided to be a leader, mm-hmm. which wasn't every day. Mm-hmm. Curry was fine with that. He knew long-term what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, boy, that's such a valuable part of being a leader. Because sometimes breathing spirit, I will tell you this, uh, uh, I think I'm a great follower. And that may surprise people who know that I'm very loud and obnoxious and whatever. I'm a, I feel like I'm a great follower if the, if the right leader is in charge. I will, I will help other people stay in line. And I think that only enhances whatever leadership qualities I have mm-hmm. because it inspires the person doing the leading at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Coach Thorpe is paying attention. My assistants would say when they're running it, I'm their, I'm their assistant, happily, mm-hmm. joyfully. And I, don't, and, and I think Durant has been fine with that, by the way. I don't think he's ever been an, uh, a jerk, mm-hmm. a prima donna, when he isn't the best player on the court in any one possession or whatever. He lasted in OKC. OKC he didn't go in state just fine. Mm-hmm. But over time, it seems to have frayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, I think he's lost his compass mm-hmm. as to, mm-hmm. you say you just want a ball, but this ain't it, Kevin. This isn't just hooping. Mm-hmm. This is everything else but that. Mm-hmm. And I, he feel, I feel like he's lost. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I, it hurts me because it'd be like Mozart melting down. Mm-hmm. This is Mozart. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few greatest of all time. And it seems like he's lost his way. Mm-hmm. And I, that's my take. What's yours on it? No, I, I'm with you 100%. And I love the breakdown you gave there about leadership and the different ways in which, you know, one breathes spirit and what that actually means. You know, as someone who, particularly when he when he moved to Brooklyn, you know, covered him closely, but even, you know, from afar and like watching his career since he was a senior in high school through now, he is an interesting figure in that way. Right. And we talked about it a lot, particularly this year in comments he makes when he talks about because as the best player, we often assume, well, then you must be the leader. Right. That's, That's 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 how people think of things. Number one person on the court, well, that means you have to be the leader. That's not necessarily true, right? Nope. Just because just you're the best at something doesn't mean you're also the best at this role. And when there is no one in that leadership vacuum, right, something or someone is going to fill it, right? It doesn't stay empty. Something, something takes its place, right? And if yeah. it's not good leadership, bad things like we're seeing in Brooklyn happen. And he says this stuff all the time. And it's a, a major criticism I have of his. Whenever he's asked about a new teammate like a Ben Simmons or a young guy who's doing well, you know, Durant will always start out with, well, I think the first thing is you work on yourself individually and then you bring it to the collective. And I'm like, Kevin, I think that works for you because you're Kevin fucking Durant. Yeah, you can go off by yourself and do your thing and come to the group and meld because you're so gifted and talented and you put in the work that it doesn't matter literally what I put around you. You're still going to find a way to score 30 on 50, 40, 90. Everyone else doesn't have that ability. They need someone to say, hey, man, why don't you come with me and uh, I'll show you how this is done, right? But he's an example guy. Just watch how I work. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but some people need more than that, right? What I would have loved for him to do, Coach Thorpe, one, uh, one day when he was with Brooklyn, was do a Kevin Durant camp, right? Bring in Kessler Edwards, Nicholas Claxton. All You guys come to one of my, wherever many houses I have and wherever we go. Don't worry, everything's on me because I can certainly afford it. You spend two weeks with me and we're just going to work. Do you know what kind of buoying that would have done for Kessler Edwards, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, all these... Oh man, Kevin Durant invited me to his house for two weeks. He showed me... How, like, that would... Like, for those kinds of guys... That's going to be talk about learning curve. Now, now we're doing this, right? But that's not that's not his nature, not his personality for whatever reason. I'm not necessarily saying he's a bad person for that, but if you want to lead, right, you're going to have to do things in that way. You look at again, I, I hate to do it, but we, we look at Golden State, right? Look at how Curry's helped bring along Moody, Kaminga, Poole, right? All, 
it's I'm not saying he did a Steph Curry can't, but it's the he talked about how he, they talk about Wiggins in the media. Oh, Andrew, of course he's an all star. That guy's a bucket. He can get 25 a night. Like whether they believed it or it doesn't matter. He said it. So, you know, Wiggins, shit, Steph Curry thinks I'm an all star. You damn right. I'm a, I know that made him feel good. And don't you know who was one of the most important people to the Golden State Warriors winning a championship? Andrew Wiggins. Steph Curry going to Steve Kerr saying, no, Kevon Looney's got to start. How do you think that made Looney feel? Oh, yeah. Curry thinks I'm the man. Uh, Who was a major? We talked about it last week. They don't beat Memphis without Kevon Looney, right? Yeah. These little things that, no, and again, part of the reason why it doesn't work is that for storytelling purposes, coach, that's not a good story, right? The good story is Steph Curry's Superman. He saves the day. We knew it all the time. But (laughs) Peyton, Looney, Wiggins, and him, that's not a good story, right? But for us, people who are coaches and involved, no, that's the good stuff. That's the royal jelly you talk about. And Brooklyn ain't got no royal jelly. Zero. From him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as a parent of twins, a boy, girl, when they were born, uh, my wife and I would talk about this a lot. We, we, there's, a, there's a theory in psychology called the Pygmalion theory. Mm-hmm. And if you know the story of Pygmalion in Greek mythology, he was a sculptor that, that sculpted a, a female statue that was so beautiful he fell in love with it. And he loved it so much it came alive. And so in, in psychology, that Pygmalion theory is you can change someone by how you're treating them. You can love them so much, and it's not just about love, that you can guide them. We know this to be true. That's what bad influences are, typically. The person who is being influenced has such respect for you that they'll kind of grow into whatever it is you want them to grow into, for good or bad. So as a parent, we certainly weren't going to get my son to think one day he can be CEO of a company and that my daughter could be a, a hair tech or something, or vice versa. Neither was the case. Our job is to give them enough love and guidance to believe they can do whatever it is they most want to do in their lives. And to your exact point, had Durant, Durant's, Durant, quite frankly, has sold himself short. He has, he has removed himself, he has abdicated the responsibility of being one of the greatest players of a generation and of any generation by not even trying to influence anybody else to be like him. He, he, he rejects the idea, right? Barkley was cute about it. He was cute. It was funny that I'm not a role model. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you are. Like, you may choose to ignore that. That's, you're allowed to do that. It's your life. And you can do whatever you want, legally, by law. Now, this ain't another, this ain't China, communism. But... Remember, with the money you make, the amount of time you're on TV, that platform that you're on every day of your career, you're influencing millions. In the case of you, KD, you're influencing that group of 12 to 15 to 25 guys with the G League players. You can choose to ignore that if you want to, but my man, you've won one series in two years with good talent around you. Curry got himself another championship. In, and you could argue that he had a tougher in the sense that they had to get through the worst team in the league and then not even making the play in last, they not even get past the play in last year. That that ship could have derailed. Mm-hmm. That train could have derailed. It didn't. Mm-hmm. And and because Curry doesn't abdicate that responsibility. And so it, I'm dealing with some you know NBA players this summer, and we have not ab- addressed it yet because free agency is still happening. But once free agency is done, and you know what your team looks like, the veterans. Now need, that's why you need to go to Vegas and make an appearance or two. Mm-hmm. You, you need to send texts out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Durant used to do it. I think something's happened uh, that's just changed him a little bit. People know him better than me, and maybe they feel like he's always been this way. I think he was just more receptive earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and if you just want to be a basketball player, you're not acting like it. And worse than that, you failed in some opportunities to just make your life better mm-hmm. and your team better. Mm-hmm. And, and now, let's fast forward, Gerard. Uh, I tweeted this. Someone, someone asked about what would the deal have to look like to get KD, and I wrote Jack and Squat. <laughs> like I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for KD unless I was getting rid of the guy anyway. So, for example, Phoenix already knew Aiton's gone. Right. I, I heard that. I found out from people this week. Mm-hmm. He's history. This right. was 
four or five days ago, some agents told me uh, they know he's gone from Phoenix. Well, if you're already off him, mm-hmm. you're not going to go after him at all, and you can get KD for him. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I would not break up any future. Mm-hmm. I'd break up a doomed future because mm-hmm. at least with him, you get some bullets. Maybe mm-hmm. you can get lucky mm-hmm. uh, the way Masai did with one year with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like I have any kind of decent future, I don't trade anyone mm-hmm. for him because I have no faith anymore that he'll make that contract for four years mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he doesn't complain about something. As soon as the storm comes, mm-hmm. I have no confidence he's going to be out there with a pail getting water off the boat mm-hmm. or guiding us through the storm. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. Or, or Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Like, that can change, but that's how I feel right now. No, and, and I don't think you're wrong. And look, the biggest thing, the elephant in the room here is Kyrie Irving, right? And, yeah. and and Durant hitching his legacy. You made just a point about he abdicated his place as, you know, the greatest of his, one of the greatest of his generation, the greatest of any generation by not doing these little things. Hitching that legacy to someone as unreliable as Kyrie Irving was a colossal mistake. And there is no way around it. There's no way he doesn't see that, right? Whatever the reports are that, oh, he wished that the Nets, you know, got did a better job of understanding who Kyrie is. Understanding what? <laughs> like, again, to your point, the NBA season is a storm. The best teams. Storm is coming. We know Always. this for a fact. It's right. going to happen. Why am I inviting the storm into my ship, right? I'm inviting it. And that's what you do by having Kyrie. And Jackie Mack, when she was still at ESPN, in 2019 wrote about this. Coach, this was before Kyrie stepped on the floor officially as a Brooklyn Net that season. This was in the summer when he and Durant and DeAndre Jordan organized a basketball workout in Santa Clara for all the guys on the team once they signed up. The Nets sent out their uh, training, training staff, one of the better staffs in the business, and said, hey, Kyrie, one of the things that we do is we monitor the biometrics of you guys when you're working out because you have a strict plan, whatever immediately Kyrie balked at that. No, I'm not doing it. We're, we're not, it's not even, we're not even, it's not even training camp yet. This is of our own free time in the summer before we even start official team duties. Already, no, not doing it. And Jackie Mack in the piece wrote, that was an awkward moment, not only for the, the staff, but all the incumbent players who were like, but this is just what we do here. Like this is, this is just part of who we are. The culture changed that literally that day, day one. I was like, oh, we're, this is never going to be the same, right? And the idea that Marks and Atkinson at the time bent to the whims of KD and Kyrie, this is, the, this is sort of that the downside of when you star hunt or when you allow the players to have carte blanche and say about how you run things. And only the best organizations can push back and say, look, we get it and we hear that's what you like, but this is how we do things here. If this is not what you want to do, well, then this is not the place for you, right? And there's only a few teams that can do that. We know famously the Miami Heat did not kowtow to all of LeBron James' wishes and said, look, man, we're not firing Spo, right? We're not doing any of those things. None. If you don't want it, that's fine. We will be fine without you. You can leave in free agency. I think the Miami Heat are pretty happy with how life has gone post-LeBron James, right? Yes, they have not won another title, but to the point I was making before, we have this thing where we measure success by titles, and I think that's the wrong way to measure success. I think the Miami Heat have been a very successful franchise post-LeBron James. As Henry always says, winning a championship is a 1-30 lottery. Most teams are not going to do it anyway. That's not the metric we should be using. Are we good enough, and do we compete, and do we have a chance? Miami's done that historically, right? San Antonio has done it historically. Golden State is winning titles, and when they don't win, still consistently, like, we're giving ourselves a chance. I mean, what other teams are we talking about? Maybe Memphis is starting to be on that, on that track now where they can do the same so. thing. But yeah. it's a handful of teams, and I think GMs are taking notice now, Coach. They're like, we, we, can't, we can't let these guys run amok and do whatever they want. Look at what is happening in L.A., another, another franchise void of leadership. Right, Genie Bus not a leader. Rob Palenka empty suit. The ramp. So what happens? Vacuum, vacuum. Oh, Clutch and Rich Paul said, "Well, I guess we're in charge." And shocking. Look at all the free agents they signed so far. 
all happen to be clutch clients. Wonder how that works, right? I mean, it's just, this is a bad way to run a basketball team. I've got other people talking to me about that, other agents who won't send their player there. They have no faith. Really good players that are very, really good players whose agents are very concerned that I'm just sending them to go play for another agency. It's not even a team anymore. You know, something I was thinking about, every year they do a rookie orientation program. Mm -hmm. Um, And over the years, I've heard different people uh, speaking there. I've never spoken there. Um, I'd love to see an NBA orientation program Mm -hmm. where get everyone to go to the Bahamas or somewhere they all want to go. Not Vegas. Enough of Vegas. (laughs) They go to Jackson Hole. (laughs) Really pretty area. And um, bring in uh, Colin Powell's widow. Bring in Barack Obama. Barack and Michelle was fine. Um, bring in uh, leaders who have managed to navigate storms. Captain Sully, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about learning how to manage money and, and learning how to manage emotions, but also how to lead. And when do you really, you know, it's, when I was a coach, I realized early on as my team was winning by 30, I, I would get, that would that's be, that'd be when I get most animated. And I realized how fraudulent that was. I mean, I was 23, 24 years old. I really was coaching, but uh, my, my third string in the game, whatever, but it was also for effect. Mm-hmm. Like, look how good I am. Performative. I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Performative, exactly. And, and then one summer, I just realized, what, what am I doing? And I would also yell referees all the time. I just, I just stopped when I, when I'm up 30, man, that's what I'm, I'm really coaching the other team by being respectful and courteous. I didn't run the score. I've never, I did it once. I wrote about it, but uh, I was, you know, 24 years old. I, I stopped doing all that stupid shit. And um, humility is a big factor there. And then learning, okay, when do you really need to lead? You don't got to do it all the time. You don't got to micromanage everything. You, as an adult, you know it. You feel it like I. This is where I need to step up, and it's okay sometimes to wait for someone else. That I mean, as a as a parent, I, I I at some point we when the kids were five, we didn't even order food for them anymore. No, that was on them. If I didn't like their choices, I would say no. <laughs> you're not doing pancakes at lunch. You had it for breakfast or whatever. No bacon today or whatever. But we gave them. That's part of learning how to grow up. It's the same thing here. Uh, Kevin Durant has lost so many opportunities to step up and be the leader. And the truth is, maybe it would have made him a little bit worse. Maybe in some emotional way, the baggage of that would have taken away some from his game. But I would argue that it that had been fine because it, it's the team that would have mattered most. Mm-hmm. And he would have been just fine doing that. Uh, I'm, I, he's a young man mm-hmm. by my standards. Mm-hmm. I got him by 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to grow up still. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to grow. Grow up is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to continue to grow mm-hmm. as a human being. I, I, I want him. I was telling some of this last night. I, I, I want all these guys happy, mm-hmm. like I would anyone that we follow. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't yeah. often seem happy. And sometimes you got to figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just. It, it's not hard. It's not hard to be happy when everything's perfect around you. But right. that's not life. Right. That's fake. That's movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Life is curveballs, curveballs, storms, storms, storms. How do you navigate through and still put a smile on your face? For me, it's, it starts with having a partner that, you know, I'm so lucky going on 32 years now. Without her, I don't know what, what I'd be like. And Durant doesn't have to have his own partner, but it's a process. Mm-hmm. Because we all want him to have these a great next four or five years. Yeah, for sure. But, but Gerard, there's going to be a time, and I hope you and I are still working and working together when it happens, where we're going to be talking about the NBA and for a whole season, we're not going to mention Durant's name one time because mm-hmm. he'll be done. Yeah. This is it, Kevin. This is your last hurrah in a sense. These next mm-hmm. four or five whatever years, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go out like LeBron is going out? Mm-hmm. That'd be a shame. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. We're rooting for you. Uh, you uh, and I know we're rooting for him. A hundred percent. And I'm a big fan. I think you're dead on. This, this four-year contract extension that kicks in literally this coming year, right? Yeah. This is when it starts. These are the – these are this. This is, this is the last – Four year, this is this is it for you. And you're still playing excellent basketball. In so many ways, coach, I kind of wish he because now that Kyrie's opted in, it's very obvious the Nets are gonna move move Kyrie as well. I hope he's like, well, let's see what you get for Kyrie. Move him first. And allows the Nets to be like, there's a reason you liked it here, right? We do some things. 
allow us to bring you back into the fold because Patty Mills is back, Claxton is back, right? Like, you you be the guy, but we have control of our franchise again. We're going to bring in these other players. We're going to develop Kessler Edwards and Nicholas Claxton and all these guys to help us continue because we think, and Ben Simmons, he's a big piece of this, right? Yeah. And I need you to love on him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's that's your that's part of your responsibility now as our guy, right? And I remember because I said this to you guys when it happened, and someone said to to him, asked him in a in a, in a post game presser, you know, what are you going to say to Ben? Blah blah blah. Nothing. I don't hold anybody's hands. Like that's not how I operate. And it's like, yeah, well, I, I'm gonna need you to hold his hand. Yeah. So it's gonna be uncomfortable for you, but that's what I want. That's how we grow, right? It's through discomfort. I want you to because you it's in there somewhere. I believe it. I want you to do that and work with him on becoming the best version of himself because that'll help us be the best version of ourselves and untap something in you that maybe you didn't even know was there. In an ideal world, that's what I would love to have happen. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, oh, I think it was 2011, I got my first NBA, my first official NBA offer. I wasn't looking for it. I got a call out of the blue from a head coach who's still a head coach. And he he had told me, that his GM said, Thorpe's never going to come work for you. We've tried before. Just his friends talking. Uh, and, the, and the head coach said, oh, I'm going to get him. This is what he, he told me. So he called me. I was taking my son to buy cleats for an all-star baseball practice. Actually, it was June of 2011. And, um, and when I basically said, I don't, I don't want to coach in the NBA. I don't want to be a head of player development, nothing like that. The next thing he did, very clever older man, he said, uh, well, what about like team psychologists? <laughs> He's like, because I know that's another thing that you do is I know you do stuff on the court, but you also really address mm -hmm. the kinds of things that we all struggle with as head coaches. Your players always seem so balanced emotionally. Like I know your story very well. Uh, I, we could really use that. And it, it caught me. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not moving because I would have to live there. Right, right. I wasn't moving my kids and my wife away from our family. Right, right. Um, but uh, every team employs sports psychologists now. Yes. And um, but they can't help anything if the player doesn't think that he needs to be helped mm -hmm. or just isn't interested. Yeah. Just isn't interested. You know. Um, I, I've not gone to counseling since my father passed. Um, I don't know that I need it. But I'm open to it. Mm -hmm. If someone ever said, you know what, you should, you know, I miss my dad. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only guy who misses his father when his father dies. Um, but if I thought it would make me a better husband, father, mm -hmm. friend, son to my mom, uh, which I could do a better job of that for sure, uh, I, I would have to consider it. And I don't think a lot of players, I think a lot of players are open to it. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. It's good for them, their families, and their team. It seems like people like Durant, I, I have no idea what he's done, but my guess is, he just isn't interested in anything beyond what interests him. Mm -hmm. And it's cute and it's adorable and what a player. And he mm -hmm. seems so no, low maintenance. Not anymore. Right. He was, I think, low maintenance. Like, when did you ever hear about KD and OKC yeah. causing any trouble? Right. right. None, right? Mm -hmm. He was his dream player. But heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Mm -hmm. Buddy, you got a big-ass crown on your head. Mm -hmm. That's how good you are. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. And it's not just because you're tall and long. Because there's a whole bunch of tall, long dudes that can't do what you do, as in every seven-footer in the history of man. <laughs> right? No one's ever been able to do what he can do at seven feet of, of, of height. And you worked at that. So you've clearly shown an ability to do some really amazing things. But there's some growth left in you. And if you want to have the kind of finish to your career that you deserve, you've earned it. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to keep earning a little bit more. You can't just stop. Mm -hmm. and, and so now we're faced with what we're talking about right now. Who wants them? Like, it's such a, this is Kevin Durant. And so initially, and I first found out about this because of you. I'm, <laughs> I'm busy right now. I'm, I'm talking yeah. to agents. I'm talking to players. I'm in, on the court all the time. And I hadn't checked my phone. And I go to Twitter. <laughs> first thing I see is your tweet. So, oh, no, no, you sent it to our yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Durant's trying to break the internet. I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened now? <laughs> That's how I found out about it. So, so here we are. The initial feeling, and Gerard, you can correct me if, I, if you think I'm wrong, but I think the initial feeling is, oh, man, everyone's going to be bidding for it. But then we started processing and we're like, well, wait a second. And so a couple teams, mm -hmm. five teams, mm -hmm. there, should be there should be 30 teams. Because mm -hmm. as you said, it should be Brooklyn, too. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 this is this place for you. We're in mm -hmm. charge. 
mm-hmm. this is your home right now. We're going to win with you. It should be 30 teams bidding for his services. And I, I bet it's not five. Yeah. And yeah. that's of his own doing. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, part of it too is, and you know, this is the cynical side of me is like, what if this is all a Machiavellian play by Durant just to get, to get away from Kyrie? He couldn't publicly say, I don't want him anymore. But once he opted in and I do the whole, I request a trade, Brooklyn's not going to let me go for, for anything short of a haul. And if they can't get a haul back in return, they're going to say, well, he's under contract. We didn't get what we wanted. He's got to stay here for four years. But they move off of Kyrie because as an expiring $36 million, yeah. that we can move that. That's right. Yeah. Because any team that wants to clear cap space, I'm like, fine, I'll deal with him. Actually, they might even take him on, buy him out, and say, I don't even want you here. <laughs> like, Take us on. Yeah, take it up. <laughs> exactly. Just go away. <laughs> we'll pay you to not be here, and we'll clear that cap space. So that would be interesting. Um, and I do think, because some of the reports have came out, because remember, the Nets don't have control over their draft for the next seven years. So it, they can't tank this coming season. Because remember, no. it's, it's the swap with Houston. So they right. want they want to be good or at least make compete to make the playoffs. So that means they want back. They said it. We want back at least two All-Stars in return. Well, what team's going to give up two All-Stars? Two young All-Stars. You think, Boston, you think Boston's going to give up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Hell no. No. So, someone tweeted, tweeted at me about Scotty Barnes. Like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> There's no. I mean, I understand. Toronto, I get it. They did the Kawhi thing, right. and it worked. Right. But and and I have not spoken to Masai about this. Uh, I can't imagine a single scenario <laughs> where he trades Scotty Barnes yeah. for anyone, but uh, probably not even Zion because of the injuries. Right. Like, there's right. no way you're trading that guy or anyone else that that's got potential All Star. That, that's team. that young, right? I mean, Scotty Barnes is what 19, right. 20, whatever old he is. Yeah, he's probably twenty one now. Scottie. Right. It's it's it just. And so you've created this. And so, no, your point is good, though. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, that might be a way to solve it. Is, 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 and, and I heard today on my drive, I was in Orlando this morning, um, that the owner is done with Kyrie, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, jo- jo- Josiah, look, take it with Alibaba and what goes on in mainland yeah, yeah. China. We can, we can get into that. Good owner. At another, but he is someone who is like, look, he's been very pro-vaccine from the beginning. Yeah. Right? In terms of pushing it out there, giving resources, whatever. The fact to have someone like Kyrie, who's literally in many ways, coach, metaphorically spitting in his face, right? It's like, eh, I'm not doing that. That's not going to sit well with him. And again, putting on my business hat, Joe, Joe Sai, a billionaire running Alibaba. There is no way he's going to pay one of his highest ranking employees a huge salary with the idea that, this employee may not show up to work sometimes. Right. He would never right. do that, ever. Right. So why is he going to do it with Kyrie? <laughs> I mean, and the Nets, they called this bluff, right? They said, oh, okay, we dare you. Opt out and you go find a sign and trade. If it works, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. They knew. I mean, Kyrie's reputation is napalmed around the league. Yep. What team yep. is going to sign him to a five-year, $250 million deal? Unless they were high or like, you know, really, I don't know what. Right, they'd have to be literally out of their minds to do that. After what they've just witnessed, who would sign up for that? They, they wouldn't, and they knew Kyrie really wasn't about it, as he said he would. Well, then I'll just opt out and go sign for the mid level somewhere. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not leaving 37 million dollars on the table. And of course he didn't. He opted in again. Now that's an expiring deal. Now we can move him, right? And I think that's a big piece. And I think that's why Patty opted out and came back. All that. I think there's going to be a huge cloud lifted over this organization. The minute Irving is no longer a part of it, he gets out of that locker room and that facility. It's going to be like sunny days are here again. (laughs) You know, like we can get back to what we're doing. And I think that because Durant is as much a go along to get along guy as anything. And so if that's how it's rolling, he might be like, you know what? It's kind of pretty good over here. And I think we might be able to do something. So stay tuned on that, guys, because I don't know if Brooklyn's going to be able to get back a haul that they want that makes it worth it to move themselves off of Durant. So we, we, Okay, so let's play this game at uh, pop quiz time. Mm-hmm. Pick a team that, that uh, I don't care that Durant doesn't want to go there. That's mm-hmm. a separate issue. That you think has some material, and, and what's the deal? I, I have one if you want to think Okay, so bit. Indiana, I think, will probably be a team, right? Um, do they want to move off Brogdon, Miles Turner? 
and then picks. Is that enough? Picks and swaps. Are, are, is that enough to give them Kevin Durant from Sean Marks' point of view? It may start the conversation. I don't know if that's enough to move the needle. But, you know, Malcolm. Well, you don't know until you see what else is there. Right. If that, if that ends up being the best deal, that's your point. Mm-hmm. Um, what, if, what if I told you? So, first of all, you can't trade for a player, I think, on his rookie extension. If you already have one, like Ben Simmons, right. Yes. Right. Correct. You, can't, you can have as many as you want if they're homegrown. Mm-hmm. You can't trade for Correct. two. So I don't know what the why that rule is in place. Henry thinks it's because you can't you can't just have these superstars right. play on power each other right. when they're you know in their fourth fifth year whatever. Exactly. So so what if you did a uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and then everything else you need except for Jokic for Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, and that's your front line. Well, Simmons is your one three. That, that's I, I I like that in Denver. Oh man, you got to get Jokic shooting the three again. He did not shoot well this year. Yeah, you got to yeah. get him shooting it well. But um, if that's your core three, <laughs> Simmons is now attached to Kevin Durant <laughs> because you can't take any of these extended young players, which is what right. you'd want. You right. can't do it. Right. You got to take them in the rookie deals. Then how do you make the money work? Yeah, yeah. So I I have not done. I've, I've been in the car until you know ten minutes ago when well, we got here. The math, I, I the math doesn't work be. because Durant's at 44 by himself, right? So I think – so Murray and Porter Jr. together would be enough to get Durant. Like right, you got to pay for Simmons. Right, too. you got to pay for Simmons somehow, and I don't think they have enough salary left to pay for Simmons. That's, that's the issue. I don't think there's enough salary there. I might have to add a third yeah. team somehow. Yeah. Um, to, to, that's what I was thinking is, is uh, Durant doesn't seem to mind not, not – really, I mean, he might have thought he was the best player on the Warriors team. I don't think metrics always agreed, but he was right there. He ain't better than Jokic anymore. Right. He, and one-on-one against the aliens, you and I are in agreement. Mm-hmm. But over the course of an 82-game season, right. Jokic is in a world by himself, and that includes a, a world with Giannis. Right. Jokic is still better. There's every metric says that. But, yeah, that to me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Calvin Booth fan. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him pull that off. I, I would love Jokic to play with KD. Like I, I think that's like you, you got basketball. Oh you got yeah, basketball unfair. geniuses, right? It's like, yeah. you know, this is this is good. We, we you yeah, know, we, Curry we made Durant's life easy. So with Jokic's, yeah, yeah, no, so with Jokic. That that would be interesting. I think that's where we got to look. I was thinking, and we'll get to this. Uh, we can go now. I was thinking once the, the news first came out, and before I was like, this is a Machiavelli employed by Durant. How can I get? <laughs> how can I get him to the to my Memphis Grizzlies without breaking up? <laughs> without breaking up. John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. I was like, I'm I'm not breaking that up. So, nope. How am I going to make it work and keep that together? And then, of course, Jaron, what such terrible news. What happened? Do we know? I don't know. He just had stress fracture in his foot, uh, out four to six months. And the but thing- we don't know if it was something that happened. I mean, stress fracture normally, I think, takes some time. Yeah. So, did it happen over the course of the, 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 the postseason and then it started this summer? Look, he'll come back from it, coach. But the fear I have, and this is your wheelhouse, is a development. This is now the third straight summer. He's not going to be able to player develop because he has to rehab from an injury instead. And that now is setting you back again in your overall development as a player. And that's the part that is most sad and disappointing. Yeah. He, I mean, he had a breakout year. Mm -hmm. He was really coming. Again, I I thought he was Tim Duncan 2.0 because Tim Duncan on defense with three point shooting Mm -hmm. and ball handling, and he's only been Tim Duncan 1.0. Mm-hmm. I should say 0.5. <laughs> he's been half a Tim Duncan because right. he's so young. Right. It doesn't mean he couldn't get to be a Tim Duncan-like right. talent. He's very young. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I'm correct, Duncan was still in college at this correct. age. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it worked out just fine for Tim. Um, I, I think he's that kind of talent. He is and I'm so a, talented. Yeah. You and I are the biggest fans. If you're... I'm the president of the Looney fan club, but I'm VP of the uh, <laughs> the Jared Jackson. JJ. Although, although I was my own president, we merged clubs. Yeah, we did. And I'll let you be the president of that one. I can't be president of two. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of his, and I love him with job. And I really, so I don't really care for Memphis. Like I don't care for any team, but I respect greatly what Memphis is building. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, I thought about this on draft night. Uh, uh, it didn't matter to me who they drafted. I was going to give them a decent grade mm-hmm. because. They just find a way to plug and play. Mm-hmm. That's coaching mm-hmm. and that's culture. Like, yeah. they're not worried about what they're rated. Mm-hmm. Most most executives are worried, and I don't know the guy in Memphis, but it seems like Zach doesn't care. He, he his guys are going to figure it out, and and that's commendable. And that's that's where the Spurs are when they mm-hmm. were really were really really good. Look what look what Golden State has done. Um, I mean, hell, 
OKC started Cephalosha, a very mm-hmm. one-dimensional player. Very one-dimensional. And it worked great with those mm-hmm. other guys. That The good franchises kind of hammer that out and build that mold. And uh, and they're one of them. Memphis is one of them for sure. And Zach Kleiman was executive of the year. So, um, you know. Yeah, he, he deserved he, it. Doing some great things. And, yeah, so it's just a bummer for Memphis. I'm like, man, they, 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 were, they were coming. And now this is going to set their defense back because, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is all defensive, right? Like, led the league in blocks. Four to six months, you said? Four to six months. So it's December. Is when he's back, right? If if, yeah. if that so if, if that timeline matches, yeah. Well, so so they're going to be able to develop some of the play. Maybe Zaire Williams mm-hmm. take on a bigger role mm-hmm. as, a, as a small forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy they drafted this year, Brandon mm-hmm. Clark, I think mm-hmm. still going to be there. They mm-hmm. traded Melton, I know. Uh, yeah, there. You know what? You know what? Uh, we just talked about this. Uh, imagine being on a cruise ship that makes it through a storm in one piece, and you're a passenger. Like, oh fuck. You feel alive. <laughs> Memphis gets through this storm without JJJ right. and Triple J. And all those guys who get a chance to fill that role, yeah, yeah. man, yeah. they're going to be feeling good. See, this is this is why you are a coach and an optimist. You're looking at the bright side. You're like, all right, bad for, for Trip, but he'll, Sucks. Yeah. he'll come back. But think about the royal jelly that the other guys are going to get. And now it's going to boost them so that when he is back, well, our bench is deeper now. And we got some guys who can do some things. Well, well, well said. Well said by you. Um, you mentioned the Warriors. So let's let's go there. Um, you know, Joe Lacob said we're bringing everybody back. It's like, well, not everybody. <laughs> um, Otto Porter Jr. going to Toronto and Gary Payton the second. How much? Um, I think it was like eight mil. Hold on, let me pull was that it up. I figured yeah. six to eight. Something, yeah, something like eight mil. And then uh, Gary Payton the second going to Portland. Now, you all might be saying, "Hey, it's Rob. What do those guys matter?" I go again. You win title on the fringes, right? Yes, of course, you need Steph Curry. Everyone knows that. Let's get let's get this out of the way on our team building point. I think people misconstrue what the hard part is about building a championship or a team that can compete for championships. The easy part is the Steph Curry part. That's the easy part. We, right? The LeBron, the whatever. Okay, we know we need those. Yeah, that's easy. It's who are the right things to fit around them to make this thing go. That is your challenge, right? Particularly as those players age and they make super max money and you only have $10 to make the rest of your roster. Okay, well, you got to figure it out now. That's the hard part. Um, so Porter's gone, Gary Payton second's gone. Now that may mean they have more money to keep Kevon Looney because if for some reason they can't sign Looney and he goes too, they're in trouble. Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman could be ready but they could not be ready also. And if they're not, those fringes are going to matter with an older Draymond, older Clay, right? Like those are going to matter in their title defense. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I'm not going to push back. I'm going to enhance what you just very eloquently said. It's, it's not those. I, I love how you talked about the fringe players. It's what can we build where those fringe players can be positives for us mm-hmm. and not negatives or even, even neutral. Sometimes mm-hmm. neutral is okay. As we've talked about, don't have any bad players on the court. Right. You're, you're already way ahead of the game. So you've got to build that. And so uh, even if you do build it, it's hard when you're young. So if anyone can get something from, especially Kaminga, Weissman, and Moody, two second-year players and a guy that hasn't played since high school, um, it's the Warriors. It's Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. It's Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, I, I would tell you, I spoke to an agent today. Uh, not today. I spoke to an agent on Wednesday who told me how much he loves Steve Kerr. Uh, he, you know, he's got a player that the Warriors are recruiting, whatever. And in whatever talks he had had with Kerr at some point, um, just Kerr was just so honest about his assessment and how things are going. And he was like, it's just such a breath of fresh air to talk to an honest man. And uh, that, that is wise, you know, beyond his years kind of thing. And the wisdom he... He gave this agent. Um, so, and, I, and Steph Curry is Steph Curry. So between the two of them, if anyone has a chance to get those guys to play well, but that's really the challenge. So then let's look at Gary Porter in Portland. One of the things that made Gary Porter so, so Payton, good in my Gary, Gary Porter, Gary <laughs> Payton, so, so impressive. We know he was the best, one of the best defenders in the league, but he wasn't just catch and shoot three. He can't really do much off the dribble. He's not very explosive off the dribble in terms of getting open. He can jump, but he can't get by his guy necessarily with his handle. But the Cuisinart got him buckets at the rim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's not how Portland plays. No. Not when Dame's playing. It's, it's 75 dribbles, mm-hmm. space out, 
he shot it well this year, mm-hmm. but it's it's I'll, I'll, it's easy to say this. It's not as easy necessarily to get people to understand that in play. If all you're doing is shooting threes, at best you're making four of ten, which means you're missing six of ten. At best, for almost anyone in the world, uh, certainly at the highest level, your four of ten is great, great shooting. How how is your psyche doing missing six of ten? So, well, Peyton didn't quite make forty percent. He was thirty eight percent this year. We could look it up, but I think it was high thirties. But he got buckets too mm-hmm. because of the Cuisinart, which I think made him feel better about himself mm-hmm. and helped him shoot threes more. I don't think he's getting those buckets in Portland. Yeah. Uh, I, with Dame, historically, they play slow. Mm-hmm. So the transition game is not going to be there as much. And uh, they don't run the Cuisinart. They right. could change. They, 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 they should. I think Chauncey wants to. But with Dame. So, so here's the big question. And this goes to, you know, we were talking before about those fringe players. Well, now we're talking about bonus wins. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do we get a guy that's making $5 million a year and make him play like he's worth 15. How do we get a guy, how do we get a rookie making two mm-hmm. in a player worthy of a, a mid-level $10 million deal, not a non-taxpayer deal? Uh, that's the system, okay? And roster and culture and all of that. And so in Portland, well, you just got Jeremy Grant, but now you're bringing in Gary Payton, okay, 29, but you drafted Shaden Sharp, mm-hmm. who hasn't played in over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, does it seem like Damian is the guy that's going to be there long-term? I, I have some questions as to what they're really thinking. Oh, they're, uh, they, you, we know yeah, what they're thinking. They signed him to that deal so that when they sell the team, they look, sell. we yeah. got Damian Lillard, so you're fine. Everything's yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, it, I mean, right now, they, if they, let's say they keep Nurkic. They, they actually, uh, Nurkic just got extended. Four years, 100 and something. Hold on. Hold on. By Portland. Yes. Just saw so, it. W- were they ranked, Gerard? What's, what would you say is their ceiling for how they'll finish this year in the West? What would you guess? I mean, if they are around the play-in, <laughs> I mean... Well, I would have said seven, yeah. so there we go. Yeah, I mean, Rainbow. seven at, at, at max to me, I don't because yeah. they're not good. Right, so if Damon wants to stay there, none of us care. Despite what Portland fans think, we don't care. We no. It's not like we think about him for one second beyond when news breaks. Four, we, four, four years, 70 million for Nurk. Four years, 70. Wow. So, uh, yeah, they'll be lucky to be a seven seed. They mm. might get seven seed, but they may not. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder what's going to happen there. Gary Payton, I don't think it's going to move the needle as much. I'm glad he got paid. Y- yes. And, right? I, and I don't and think I he'll think, be as successful. I think that's the other thing we have to talk about with this, right? When you are a player like Gary Payton II, who has fought and clawed his way to even get into this league, yeah. someone who was thinking about hanging it up and becoming a video coordinator, right? Unbelievable. When the payday happens, even though you're not going to play for a winner, you can't be mad that that's what the, a guy like him has chosen, right? It's like, look, man, I, I, I want a ring. I was an integral part in that, but I, I've been doing this for X I didn't know I was going to make it. If a team's going to pay me and I forget the, the number for him, I got to take that. Right? Like, I can't turn that money down. So, I'm, I'm not mad at Gary Payton II at all. Nope, not at all. No, you got, you got one chance to feed your family that way forever for a few generations. Go do it. Yeah. I, now, understand you may never play great again. Mm-hmm. When Hino Turkoglu left Orlando, he was the leading, he was the fourth, NBA's four, fourth quarter scoring leader on a team that lost in five games to the Lakers and two of those games, I think three of those games in overtime. They won one, lost two. They were right there with Dwight Howard and Courtney Lee and uh, uh, he took more money elsewhere, and we never heard from him again, basically. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you're allowed to do that. But right. he was at the end of his career. Gary probably is still at 29. I can't, I, you know, and he's not Hito Turkoglu. Right, yes. You know, he had not made the money Hito had made at that point. So we're, uh, none of us, it's not fair for us to judge anyone that Correct. chooses money over anything. Most people do. <laughs> Heck yeah, they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and maybe, maybe he'll help them win more games than I think. It's yeah. possible. So you mentioned bonus wins, and I want to talk about that because those of you who read True Hoop, um, Henry and uh, Stephen Alardi and, and our awesome editor, Travis, have been working, toiling laboriously to create a new stat we call bonus wins here. And it's awesome because as we're talking about team building and how you create rosters, and, and David, you just mentioned it, you know, how can we get a $10 million player to play like he's a 17 or $18 million player, right? The, the, this is how you win on the margins in a salary cap league. Now, 
If salary cap didn't matter, then none of that matters. You can spend however much you want to get what you need, right? But in a league that is controlled by salary caps, where you must start with to win one of the one, if not two, Supermax guys, well, that, we got problems now. Now we have to fill out, you know, spots three through 15 with limited money, and we have to be smart and hit on these things. And this is awesome because Henry and Stephen Alardi figured out last season an NBA win was worth $3.38 million. And so when you figure out who are the guys that are giving, giving you the best value for, your, for, for the buck, it's often younger players on rookie deals, right, who turn into superstars. I believe Trey Young um, had 12 or 13 bonus wins. He was number one. Yeah. Right, number one. And it's because his rookie extension hadn't kicked in yet. Well, it's going to kick in next this year coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna, that number's going to change slightly on his bonus wins, right? The Memphis Grizzlies, as a team last year, because no one's rookie extension kicked in, right. led the league in, in bonus wins to the second-best yeah. record in the NBA. Why? Everybody on a cheap deal. Well, Jaron Jackson Jr. kicks in to start this season. He's not playing until December, which we talked about. Uh, ja just got his extension, but that won't kick in until the following Big season. Extension. Huge, super max rookie extension, right? Listen, that's, that's the name of the game when these guys do it, but they have another year to kind of make that up. I think bonus wins are great, Coach. And I looked at that as related to the Knicks. So, you know, they cleared all that cat space out for um, Jalen Brunson. All right, fine, whatever. I did the math. Four years, 104. If he performs how we did last season, the duration of that contract, that's the money he's worth. In terms of how much a win costs, what he's given in terms of Taylor Snar's numbers, that works. All good. Now, you have a concern that, well, he's small. So the likelihood that he continues that progression at the third and fourth year of that deal, probably not high. So you're getting no bonus wins probably then, and now you're struggling to live up to the contract. Um, how are you feeling about our new stat bonus wins? Because I love it. I, I think it's great. Well, I want to address bonus wins and Jalen and the Knicks. Uh, oh, I think it's fantastic. I can't watch free agency and not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's Taylor Dessert. Uh, not Taylor. Zach Kleiman was executive of the year for what, the reasons you just said, right? They, they had the, they had the league in bonus wins. Um, and, and you've done your job. If you can turn your rookies who are making you a fortune based on that bonus win value into guys that are just worth their value because you're paying them commensurate to what they're worth. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've done a good job. I'd say the worst thing is drafting a guy really high, paying him $8 million a year. And he's paying like a $5 million guy. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, yeah, Jaron Jackson has been outstripping last year. Jaws way outperforming mm -hmm. his value. Mm -hmm. Trey Young, same thing. So as it relates to Brunson, I, I, I had someone say to me yesterday, um, uh, maybe he's going to be worth that contract straight mm -hmm. on the court. But also maybe he's the kind of culture guy mm -hmm. that uh, kind of tips the Knicks over even more. Because you and I both would, I think you and I would both agree that they're trying to do things the right way there. Trying. They are. They are trying. Right. Uh, RJ, I was talking to a, one of RJ's best friends who's an NBA player that I, that I help. He, they just swear by this. He's, my kid swears by RJ as a person. And I spoke to this player's dad, who's a coach, who just, RJ's the best guy. And I think I told you, I didn't know any of this until I was talking to this player recently. But I was in Times Square, you know, a week after he got drafted. Mm -hmm. and, and I sent my son off with a buddy of his to navigate Times Square. There was 17, I think. <laughs> and uh, my, my wife and daughter were out traipsing around Times Square. And I, I just worked at a Starbucks. I've seen it <laughs> enough times. I mean, so did my wife. But my kids had never been there as adults. And um, RJ walked in. And he was just chill. Yeah, yeah. Like I, everyone was reacting. And he handled it so there's no way my 18-year-old son would have been as <laughs> impressive as our kid was, I don't think. So, so now, if you have three guys like that or four guys like that, every guy you add, it's almost um, a multiple, an exponential growth mm -hmm. because you're tipping those percentages because there's so few people that you have on your team. Mm -hmm. So to have three guys suddenly become four of your 12-man rotation, that's a big percentage. So, so maybe he's equal to that market value. And then if the bonus wins is what he's worth, but then he even adds more to it, great. Mm -hmm. Do I think that ultimately that's going to be what tips them over? No. no. They just signed Mitchell Robinson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's hope that's okay. Th those numbers work. If you look at his earned wins or his estimated wins last year, that, that number works out. So if he just does what he did last year through the course of that, that's even money. Mitch Mitchell? Yep. 
Even All right, so, they're, so your point is they're making good contracts. Yes. They're not overpaying no, for No guys one's getting overpaid. No. Nope. All the time. Okay. Because those, those guys are tradable for yes, better players. Correct. As opposed to dump. Yeah. When you have a bad deal, you have to attach yes. good deals mm-hmm. to make the deal to get rid of your bad player. So these are good deals uh, in theory. There's just, they have a long way to go still, I think. Unless RJ really makes a jump, which is possible. But it's what we talked about, coach. Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, quickly, Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those guys who were on uber friendly team deals, all on their rookie deals. Yeah. They could give you a ton of bonus wins, but they don't play because right. Tibbs is, that's True. not what he does. Well, how, this is how you don't figure out how to make your roster good. So instead, you're grinding out Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose. And it's like, is that really a good idea? And Julius Randle, when. Give me these guys. They can give me tons of bonus wins. They're going to make mistakes. Of course they are because they're rookies and young kids. But give them the space to make errors, right? Playing time, you always, this is oxygen to these guys. Like, Cam Reddish, I mean, this guy's got to be like, damn, when am I going to get on the court again? And, this, and he was coming out of high school, going to Duke. He was right a, there. Right there with Zion and RJ. Like, right yep, there. For sure. Top five. Now it's like, well, I don't know what this dude is. You know. Yeah. Yeah, this is this goes to what we've always talked about: player development and, and giving. And sometimes Royal Jelly is just the oxygen of playing time. Sometimes that's you. Just, you got to play him. You got to get reference points to learn. Uh, I don't know if I said this on Monday or not, but I played golf pretty much for the first time in five years, and I barely had played in thirteen years or seven, fifteen years on Saturday of last week, and. Um, I was terrible the first few holes, and I was angry at myself. And then I realized, what am I doing? Right. I've not practiced. Right. I've been in a driving range three times in five years. Right. What am I doing? Right. And, uh, and then I thought after I was done, like, boy, I got a ton of reference points today. I, when I go back to the range, I can imagine hole five, hole seven, hole nine, whatever. And uh, Cam doesn't have that. Got nothing. He's played so seldomly, it seems, injury and then coach's decisions that I still don't know how much he's informed each day in practice. Whereas the guy that's been around a while in, in his off season, he can imagine almost anything. Mm-hmm. And that's a big advantage. It, can create, it creates that scenario in your mind when you're training of, uh, of what it's like in the game. And you can, it's just game realistic. That's what you want. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we, early when we, in the show, when we started talking about Durant and, you know, poorly run franchises, we mentioned the Lakers and you wrote something interesting that, the Lakers should be looking at summer league rookies who have done well as, as ways to, to fill their roster. What, do you, what, 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 do you, what is your thinking there? Yeah, so just to, to be clear, older ones. Yeah, older so in other rookies, words, yeah. from last year and this year, this year especially, there are 23, 24-year-old seniors in college who got an extra COVID year and who made themselves good enough to be considered for the draft and didn't get drafted and um, are now playing summer league but they're grownups in every way. Uh, the, the young man that I dealt with, who's 24, his name is Bryson Williams from mm-hmm. Texas Tech. That's a grown man who, in my opinion, can play for a playoff team by April. Uh, he's ready. Physically, 245 pounds, really long, shoots 40% from three. He reminds me of a longer, taller, more skilled Udonis mm-hmm. uh, when Udonis first got the league. When you, of course, UD was barely 22 when his first game. Uh, but there's guys like that. There's guys that were there last year, didn't get drafted, went overseas for a year. The Lakers need some grownups to play with who they got on minimum deals. And so, uh, but, but branding is everything. So you oversaw, you overpay well-branded players who are past their prime. We do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you undervalue the undrafted guys because they went undrafted when in reality, they went undrafted probably because of their age, which is stupid. I think, especially in the second round, and with two ways, mm-hmm. there there are guys good enough to help the Lakers win. If you're LeBron, and you're let's be fair, LeBron and AD have to be healthy. Correct. If healthy, uh, and some of the other veterans they have, the there are some 24 year old, 25 year old guys that'll be 25 by the spring, who who played in college this year, who could help them win. And summer league, they'll all be in summer league. And you know, starting tomorrow in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. And we talked about bonus wins. Um, Russell Westbrook gave you no bonus wins last year because <laughs> his estimated wins were only three point eight, and they're paying him forty four million yeah. and change. He oh. cost you wins, he, right? He cost you wins ultimately. And this, someone someone put this out, or it was in the, it was in the article. The players that they moved off of to get Russell Westbrook 
combined 14 bonus wins. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You know, KCP, Alex Caruso, Kuzma, etc. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. That. You might have been better with those guys. Just, you know. Yeah, on this bonus win subject, I just want to say this. Uh, it, it, what, it I helped come up with the name. I have nothing to do with this stat. <laughs> it's all Henry and, and Dr. Alardi and Taylor. It's fantastic. It is. It's great. And so for all of, all of you listening, use it in your tweets. Use it in your, in your blogs, mm-hmm. in your stories, in your conversations. I'd, I'm, I'm fortunate to be really friendly with John Hollinger. And maybe it's just because I use PR as much as anyone <laughs> back when it was the best metric. I, I hope that John likes me as a person. But I'm sure he loved that I used it in my analysis at ESPN for 10 years. Uh, this is the next wave of that. Yeah. This is like RPM. This is, uh, it helps you really understand your place in the league because we, we've been making the mistake of only evaluating players based on performances. And the reality is because of the cap, it wouldn't matter if this was the Premier League. Yeah. But, but it does matter because there is a cap. Mm-hmm. And so we have, to, we have to consider players based on performances and what they're being paid. Mm-hmm. That really makes it a three-dimensional look into how these teams are being built and how these decisions are being made. And if it was Manchester United, you don't care. Right. You, have, you have all the money in the world. Spend to pay whatever you want. You want no one tra- mm-hmm. This is different. And so please, for all of you listening to Gerard Knight today, bonus wins is something we hope that really kind of catches hold. It should. Yep. Teams will do it. For sure. Teams are going to use it. Probably already have their own metric for it. But ours is great. And Stephen, Henry, and Taylor deserve that. They do. Uh, it, it advances the conversation, which is what we want to do at True Hoop. Absolutely. It, it's, it's a beautiful stat. And I think that coupled with, to me, what is the best all-in-one metric, which is EPM, Taylor Snar's EPM, I think these are just powerful tools, right? Because it really gives yeah. you, if you look at EPM, the top 10, that's the top 10 players in the league. Right? I mean, it's like, yeah. you're like, oh, makes sense, right? Who per 100 possessions helps their team win games and by how much? Well, well, and, and this is what I was, you know, I had a, a NBA coach tell me the last couple of days, he, he just doesn't like analytics. And he thinks he, he has all these stupid reasons as to why he's got an old school guy. And, um, although he's not that old, <laughs> uh, and t- to your point, Gerard and Taylor's EPM, who's been number one with a bullet two years in a row, the two time MVP. No surprise there. Like, <laughs> People who people who know know yeah. like, but the eye test would be Giannis, yeah. maybe Embiid, yeah. but th- this is why we don't just trust our eyes. Yes, you're allowed to use your yes. eyes, but there's a better way to do it because mm-hmm. you can't see everything. Exactly, you don't see the lowlights, you see the highlights, but the data captures all of it. And not only was he number one in that, he's also number one by far in estimated wins. Right, so that's what I, I mean. mean. Yeah. yeah, number one in EPM. Right. Yeah, so, 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 so in EPM, EPM and yeah. estimated wins. He, he, by a lot. He's uh, by a lot. Yes, by a lot. Um, yeah. And so you know that, that's the reality of it. Um, last thing before we go, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Um, you know, talking about free agency, and I, I don't want to couch it in terms of free agency. I just want to couch it in terms of what Coach Thorpe always says: is that it's hard to be perfect, but it isn't hard to be decent. Um, Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets was arrested. Uh, a couple days ago um, for an alleged domestic uh, violence assault, right? That was at the time on Wednesday. Since then, um, his wife released um, just horrific photos of what happened to her. um, And their son said, uh, this is what I've heard from the video, dad choked mommy and threw her phone out the window. And I can't imagine a kid lies, right? At that young, right? If that is what the, the situation is, and this is not about kick Miles Bridges out of the league. That's not what I'm saying. But this is a man who clearly needs some help. Um, yeah. And he needs to be punished to the extent of the law to whatever that happens vis-a-vis what she wants to do. But this is just a terrible situation. And this is just high profile because of who Miles Bridges is. This happens literally, unfortunately, daily all across the world and certainly across this country. Um, and on the heels of Roe v. Wade, and I mean, just the way women yeah. are are attacked and treated, this is just horrific, horrific news. And the last thing Miles Bridges needs to be thinking about right now is any free agency deal. It's like you need to get your life together, my man. My man. You need, well, you need to hire a really good criminal attorney because you're going to go to jail potentially. Um, yeah. The only thing I'll throw to that is uh, I was with the last couple of days. I said mm-hmm. an, an NBA assistant coach and a very good player. The player's of African descent. He was born in Africa, and the coach is, is African-American. He's black. And uh, the coach was heartbroken 
because he knows he's so worried. He's been in the NBA a long time. He's so worried every time shit like this happens. Uh, it just it, he didn't say this, but I think he was thinking it just fuels the racist even more. Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. worried about the league mm -hmm. and how it's perceived. It's unfair. And he and that's part of the tragedy of all this. It's it, he's so angry with Miles because his his thought was you already know what we're dealing with in this country and what we're dealing with as a league. I mean, for crying out loud, people said they're not going to watch it anymore because we protested a song mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. a dude got murdered for a couple of counterfeit bills allegedly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, we had a whole bunch of white dudes trying to overthrow the government, mm -hmm. and none of them have seen a day in jail, right? right? And probably never will. So he, th this coach was heartbroken. And the player didn't want to, he's like, I, I don't want to judge anyone. I respected what the player was saying. Uh, I like your approach. Uh, someone asked me once years ago about my stance on abortion. And I said, I, I'm a dad, I'm a guy. Right. Right. I can't even know. I'm just going to support the women. Right. Whatever they want to like, do. Whatever they want to do. Like, I, I can't solve a lot of problems in the world. And so, uh, you know what? I don't argue with my gardener. <laughs> Our landscape guy did a bunch of work last week. I, I didn't tell him what to do. I just, he wanted me to walk outside the office. Like, you, it's your job, buddy. Make it look good. Like, I, I don't, I know where my intelligence stops. I know where my understanding stops. And with something like this, we, we got plenty of women telling us what's going on. And, uh, and then you start reading these horror stories. Mm -hmm. And my wife, my wife had to do a DNC. Mm. She had a dead baby in her body. Mm. I don't know that she would have to carry it term to term now. I think she might. Mm. She might have to carry that thing. It's really an abortion. Yeah. She had to go to a place that does abortions to take our dead baby. Mm. And we think maybe it was even twins. Uh, I can't, and I've read so many worse stories. Ours was e easy, painless, uh, basically, other than the emotional pain. Um, we got to stand with women. Yeah. And uh, I was really proud of this coach who was so visibly hurt uh, at where we're at right now because of what, what happened with Miles. And then to your point, this is, this is a, a three-dimensional tragedy. This is awful for the wife in every way possible. And by the way, it would have been her money too. They're married. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's tragic beyond just awful that for the kid to have to witness and, that traumatic experience. Unbelievable. And then, to, again, to your, what you were saying, like, Miles needs a great criminal attorney, and he needs a lot of help. I, I don't know anything about him. I heard there was, I heard he was kind of melting down the season with yeah. rapping. I don't know. Who, who, I don't follow that. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. I just focus on the court. But it, that just can never be, and the league needs to stand up hard. The NFL is, people keep saying the NBA is not as good as the NFL because of all this trade bullshit. Right, right. I understand it. In fact, I was wondering, I, I know we have to go, but think about this for next week. Should we do like a week-long trade time? <laughs> Maybe twice during the year, yeah. 10 days, whatever the Premier League does. Right, like, right. It's a small window. Transfer so window. Durant, yeah. You can't even say shit until February. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even worth it. That, that's a separate thing. But, the, but where we can be better in the, the NFL is to speak up right now as a league. Yeah, for and sure. we, you know, we are going to stand with his wife mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with the investigators. And this dude is not welcome mm -hmm. until a whole bunch of things are resolved. Yeah, no. I, and I think that's right. Right. And, and again, I think you're, to your point correctly, we have to support the women, right? Support his wife in this situation. Like everything, yep. this is, this is bad and a, and a bad and a black eye for the league, but you know, we, we, we couldn't let that pass without mentioning it yeah. folks. Um, it is July 4th weekend. Uh, we will not be uh, here on Monday. We're, we're going to have Monday off. So everyone be safe out there for the fourth. Enjoy whatever your plans are. Spend time with your loved ones, all that stuff. And we'll be back next Friday. Who knows? Kevin Durant may be somewhere else on a different team by next Friday. Or he might be right back in Brooklyn where it all started. Who knows? Uh, thank you, Coach. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.